The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. A question from one of our textures. Why are deposit account holders not getting any significant interest rate? It's a disgrace that the government is not putting pressure on the banks to increase deposit interest rates for its customers. Please, I don't. We won't say it, no, I swear. I'm not going to ask you again. Oh, oh, oh. Do it! <laughs> Eric, don't go doing anything stupid. Not me. I'm just going to stand back and watch her all go off. The season two finale of the Irish crime drama Kin will air this Sunday night on RTE. The violent life of the Kinsella family has become must-watch TV for many viewers, and they've been left guessing as to what might happen in Sunday's explosive episode. Will Bran get clipped? Will Jimmy and Mikey find common ground? Or will the Turkish drugs cartel wipe the entire family out? Well, joining me now is Emma J. Scanlon, otherwise known as Jimmy Kinsley. Emma, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Pat. How are you? I'm very well. Now, you're currently away from all the noise of kin in Dublin at the moment. You're in Manchester. What are you up to? At the moment, I am filming a Netflix series called Fool Me Once, a Harlan Coben series. It's a uh, a whodunit murder mystery thriller um, eight-part series with um, Joanna Lumley, Michelle Keegan, Richard Armitage. So it's so I'm here and I'm quite busy until I think uh, August. I haven't got my timetable yet, but until August. So right now I'm talking to you. And I'm overlooking Manchester in my hotel room. Mm. Now, uh, given the length of that schedule, you must be in all eight parts. Uh, yes, I am. Right. I'm in all. So when I finally get to see it, I can reckon it that if you're going to die, you're going to die at the end. <laughs> Something like that, yes. <laughs> now, you have a talent, it seems, for being a villain. Right. You know, that must be difficult when you look yourself in the mirror in the morning. It's why, very, why am I always when, the bad guy? <laughs> when, I look, when I look at myself in the mirror, I mean, I got the same face as my dad and he looks like a villain himself. So um, it's it's... Listen, when I was growing up, uh, my hero growing up was uh, Sylvester Stallone. And my favorite movie of all time is and will always be Rocky. I must have watched it about a couple of hundred times. And it motivated me to get into into acting. And I think when I was a child, um, I always, I either always wanted to be an actor or I always wanted to be a hero. And now I know which one I became. And ironically, um, I get cast as the villain. So technically, I'm probably the Dolph Lundgren of the TV shows. That I did. Now, but, um, when I look, when I, Emmett, when I look at your CV, you've done so many movies and uh, so much telly. You're obviously a very successful actor. It's a precarious profession. So how did you get into it? What was your route? Um, well, like I said, like Rocky motivated me to want to do something like that. I, like the idea of... I call it the Neverland syndrome, you know, it's kind of like the Peter Pan, you know, you never grow up, you, you live inside, when, we're, when we were kids, you'd play cops and robbers, cowboys and Indians and stuff like that, and you live inside your imagination, and, and that idea of being able to do that, and to get paid for it, to, do, to, to live inside your imagination, and make believe, and, and get out there, and, and, you know, tell stories, which the Irish are so very good at, uh, seemed like a no-brainer. I, I think I remember the first show that I ever did. I think it was Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, 
and it was a musical and I had a couple of lines. I still remember those lines and uh, I just got out on stage and the round of applause afterwards. I was thinking, oh, my God, I quite like this. And uh, since they clapped, I might be OK at this because um, I know God knows I know I'm, I'm pretty bad at a lot of other things. So that's I think that's what I think I was maybe 15 when I got my first acting job. But I only went professional when my daughter was born almost 21 years ago. Um, that uh, the, the drug really of uh, the, the audience adulation. What, what is the expression? The roar of the grease paint and the smell of the crowd <laughs> is what does it. Um, so anyway, you've been very successful. But this business of, of playing the villain, I mean, you were villain of the year, I think, when you were in Hollyoaks. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, that was a uh, I'd, I'd finished. I did a movie called Charlie Casanova in 2010, and then in May of 2010, I moved over to Liverpool, to and I was cast as this uh, sociopathic, homophobic gay man, and it was Brendan Brady and Hollyoaks, and it was, it was such a blast. And then for two years, 360 episodes later, uh, uh, I just got to play with an incredible uh, group of people, and yeah, I got Villain of the Year on my first year. And uh, and the rest is history, I guess. It was wonderful. Um, uh, you're famous for, obviously, the Hollyhock series, also Peaky Blinders. You've been in the fall. There, there are so many. But what happened when you saw uh, the first draft of, of uh, the script, uh, you know, for Ken, for series one? What did you make of it? It was, it was a weird time, Pat, as well, though, because when the script came in, it was just when... It was 2020, the pandemic had hit and we were, everybody was very confused and didn't know what the procedure was and how to navigate this new world that we were thrown into uh, so quickly. Um, uh, all the jobs that we had that were in the pipeline fell apart. Uh, and then uh, in the silence, uh, uh, my email pinged and it was from Louise Kiley, who's a wonderful casting director and has always looked out for me. And she uh, she asked me to read for Jimmy, uh, the brother. I think Charlie Cox was already cast at the time. And I read the script um, and I fell in love with it. One of my favorite parts of the job is reading the scripts because the, 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 the thing that I read and the, and the TV series or the movie that I see in my head is what I sign up for in the first place. And I thought Peter McKenna was extraordinary. Is an extraordinary scribe and amazing with the written word, and I fell in love with the complexity of Jimmy, and I fell in love with this, with this, uh, with this story, this drama, this family drama, uh, and I auditioned for it, and um, I, I only I only did it once, and I did it with Louise, I did it with the director at the time, and when I was cast, I was over the moon, and also remembering that the the world that we lived in at that time. Um, meant that I got to go home for about three or four, maybe five months. Uh, and I got to see my parents. Uh, I got to hang out with my daughter, who's also uh, who's studying in university uh, in the same industry. And um, it was a, a wonderful experience. And it was a surreal experience. And it was a difficult experience. You know, we had like so many uh, actors and crew members like, coming together in, in, in a very uh, lockdown kind of Dublin. All the shops were closed. All the restaurants were closed, as we all know. We were kind of quarantined in our apartment block. It made us very, uh, it made us very close. It made us, um, 
we knew that we were very, very blessed and very lucky to be able to be doing the thing that we loved. Uh, and in the hope that when it was finished, we were able to entertain the masses when it actually came out in 2021, I think, maybe. Yeah, And uh, it, it was an immediate hit so much. So, of course, there was a series two. Uh, and I'm yeah. wondering, you know, irrespective of what might happen in the finale, is there sure. going to be a series three? I don't know. I don't know, Pat. I really don't. I, I hope so. I mean, from where I like, I don't live in in Dublin. I haven't lived there for twelve years. So again, like you said at the beginning, I'm kind of away from the noise. But within my insular bubble, there's a lot of uh, the the feedback has been nothing short of extraordinary. My mother, God, I love her. My mother stays up every Sunday to ten thirty to watch the episode. Now my mother uh, has kidney failure, so anything over like past half seven for her is is a miracle and she'll stay up every sunday till 10 30 and watch it and at 10 31 she will text me how much she loved that episode so i'm gonna fly home for the finale i'm gonna fly home that weekend and i'm gonna watch it with her now like but to your point i don't know if there's going to be a season three but the response has been magnificent the people have really taken it into their hearts and and I can only hope and I, uh, that we get to continue to tell the story. Now, I have to ask you what happens. What's the denouement in the final episode? But I know that if you told me you'd probably, you know, to use the language of kin, you'd probably have to clip me. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. I don't even, I'm, I, I've told no one. Uh, my, my wife doesn't know. Nobody knows. The only people that know are the people who shot us. But uh, I will say that a lot of people, a lot of friends, family included, have hypothesized about how it's going to end and who's going to get clipped and who's going to survive and who's going to do who and all that sort of thing. And nobody has got it right. Nobody has even come close. Now, it's called Kin, and a lot of people are thinking of the Kinahan-Hodge feud, even though this is about not the Kinahans, but the Kinslers. Did any of the cast have second thoughts about working in this drama lest they fall foul of the wrong kind of people? Uh, in, it's, well, it's called Kin because it's the Kinslers and Kin also because it's family. And that's what it is. It's a drama. It's a family yeah. drama. It's entertainment, if you like that sort of thing. It's an escape on a Sunday night. It's storytelling. It's make-believe. So it's... Uh, I mean... I'm here because I, I love the art and uh, I love to tell stories and stories first and foremost for me. And I fell in love with it from the beginning. So I had no questions whatsoever. When the offer came in and they asked me what I like to do, it, I bit off their hand. <laughs> and I was wondering, you know, your, your character, there's so much on the printed page. You know, the script says so much, but then the personification of Jimmy comes down to you, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, the, yeah, I, I got they they Peter writes it, and then you try and bring it to life. You you add notes and you add color to whatever it is that you can you can do. But you're you're motivated and you're inspired by what's on the written page, and you can't be otherwise. Without it, you're just a you're just an actor standing on a set with nothing to say. So, but uh, you know, it's it's a collaborative effort uh, with the writer. It's all the way from the runners all the way up to the executive producers. None of this works without one another. You know. Well, I, I'm really yeah, looking but, forward to the final episode and also uh, looking forward to seeing uh, Fool Me Once, that series on Netflix, uh, when it emerges. When do you expect that to be available to us? I don't know. I don't, I, I'm going to assume that at some point later on in the year, at the latter part of the year, 
Uh, it's a it's a great show. I mean, like if you if you like Harlan's stuff and the guy is a genius. Um, it's my second time working with him. Uh, the uh, he's done shows like Safe and uh, Stay Close and Stranger on Netflix. It's his books are a page turner, and so are his episodes. Yeah. Well, I've met uh, Harlan. He's a, a terrific guest on our show when we've had him. But also, I've watched everything on uh, Netflix so far by Harlan Coben. So I'm looking forward uh, to to, uh, to this one. Brilliant, brilliant. That's great to know. That's great to know. He's a, he's amazing. And I'll tell you something about I'll tell you something about Harlan. When I was on the cold, unforgiving floor of rock bottom in my career about like six years ago, um, a, a job offer came in for Safe. It was with Amanda Abington and uh, uh, Michael C. Hall. And they offered me the job and I took it. And uh, I was filled with such gratitude just to be on set, uh, just to be on set. And I had so much fun playing with those people that and this is a very rare thing that happens. And it'll be a testament to what you know of Harlan and what I know of Harlan. He emailed me having watched the rushes and the rushes are those are the scenes that you shoot that day that the execs look at that evening. And he emailed me and he said, uh, we love what you're doing. We will work together again soon. Now, a lot of people say things and it doesn't necessarily materialize, you know, um, but and regardless of whether it did or not, I just remember that email made me feel like I was on cloud nine. And then last October, November, he emailed me again. And he said, we're doing film me once. You want to come on board? You want to join the cast? And when I haven't read the book, without having read a script, I just went, yes. Well, he's a great writer and obviously a great man too. Uh, Emmett, I hope you have a great weekend at home, uh, seeing all your folks and so on, and uh, that uh, the finale uh, confounds everyone with its denouement. I hope you like it, buddy. And you know what? We grew up watching you, Pat, in the Scanlon family household, and it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Well, thank you very much indeed. Emmett J. Scanlon, star of Kim. Thanks a million for joining us on the programme. God bless you, my friend. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.